welcome to the podcast. My name is Melissa Lovellardi, and today I get to introduce you to another best of episode. Today we're going to hear one of my favorite throwback episodes recorded by Pastor Carter and his wife Mackenzie about three marriage commitments and how they might be more consequential than you think. What up, everybody? Well, I'm so excited. I've got a very special guest today. It is the one and only Mackenzie Carter. Hey, y'all. I've been looking for an excuse to get her <laughs> on the podcast. And so Mackenzie and I have been married for 20 years now. We've actually been together for 22. Mm-hmm. But recently, we were on our 20-year anniversary in Jamaica. We don't go there a ton, but every 10 years or so, we go there, <laughs> and we absolutely love it. And we were just kind of reflecting on 20 years of marriage. You know, as we were just talking, we were thinking it through, and it seems like as we were evaluating the years of our marriage, there was at least one major unexpected trial yeah. that we did not expect mm-hmm. that was redonkulously painful, yeah. <laughs> but produced fruit also on the other side. As we persevered, there were things that, you know, God allowed to happen that we just didn't know were going to happen. Things like sickness, yeah, things like moves, things like church plants that fail, mm-hmm. things like job losses, things like difficulties with some kids from time to time uh, from a health perspective. And so there's, there's always just been things within the five-year chunk. Oh my gosh, that was way harder than we thought. Yep. And unexpected. And we were able to see God bear fruit through that. Long term. So first and foremost, I think we just want to encourage you today. If you are, if you're married, if you're in a season where it's just hard, can we just encourage you, man, keep going. Yes. Like just hang on. I know that you didn't see it coming. I know you didn't expect it, but we all get apportioned a certain amount of trial. Yep. And it was definitely worth it now on the other side. What we want to do is spend a few minutes today giving you three helpful commitments that we've learned in 20 years of marriage. We were just like, hey man, what were the patterns? Yeah. Like, you know, we counsel a lot of people we have over the years and we see things go right, we see things go wrong. And we were just asking if we could boil to the top some patterns that we learned over that 20 years Mm -hmm. that were more helpful than you would think. These are what they are. So three helpful commitments in 20 years of marriage. Kenzie, what's number one? Number one is fulfill your vows. Yeah, fulfill your vows. I know it sounds even like, can that really be it? It really it is. is. <laughs> Sometimes, my friends, it's not so much that there's really anything to figure out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just hard. Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is grab their hands or grab Jesus' hands and say, I don't even know what to do. It's not like there's a plan that gets me out of right, this. Right, right. I'm just going to fulfill my vows. Like that's your ministry mm-hmm. in this moment. So there was a, a season early on. When we'd already had some disappointments because of a you know a failed church plant that turned into a church split, uh, but then not long after that I got sick and I got real sick. Yeah. I got sick to where the point where Kenzie had to fulfill her vows of taking care of her man in sickness mm-hmm. and in health. Yeah, she had to become the primary breadwinner. I had to stay home, couldn't even go to work. Right, right. And she didn't whimper. She didn't complain. Mm. She drove me to the hospital. She, you know, cried out to Jesus when she was a little scared because yeah. her man's sitting there writhing on the floor in pain. And you know what, dude? There was no answer other than just fulfill your vows. Yeah. I would encourage some who are in a tough moment right now, you know, dude, maybe one of the most important decisions you can make is just don't leave. Yeah. Just decide. I don't know what to do with them, so I'm just going to serve them. (laughs) Yeah. That's my ministry. I think something that's so important 
as a team, because that's what we are. We're a team. team. Yeah, that's the word, is that we need to affirm our spouse. We need to be rooting for them because in this world, there are so many people that are going to come down on your spouse. Yeah. There's going to be so much hard that hits him or her. And your job is to be their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You are the one behind them. You are the one cheering them on. You are the voice they hear that says, you can do it. Yeah. I am here. I am behind you. And here's what you're doing right. Yeah. Here's what's good. I think Kenzie and I both have the love language of affirmation. And it is so, it's been so helpful. It has been, yes. Hey man, let me just tell you what I see you doing right. Because the whole world's telling them what they're doing wrong. Exactly. So somebody's got to stand, dude, fulfill your vows. Mm -hmm. Tell them what they're doing right. Yeah. Kenzie used to, you know, she used to model this too. She'd get up Mm -hmm. at 4 a.m. I did, I had this ridiculous job. so bad. It was so bad. Um, But (laughs) it was a good humbling test. But I had to leave at 4.30. And so she would get up 4 a.m. She'd make me cream of wheat. Now, she could have been like, get your own butt up, you know, <laughs> make your own doggone whatever. But she wouldn't do it, man. She got up. And what was it? It was really affirming me. It was it was dignifying and saying, mm. we are in this together. Yes. You're going yes. to do a hard thing. She's mm-hmm. home with a baby. And I think just meeting folks in the low mo- moments, just mm-hmm. own there are low moments. Yes. And you don't have to even agree about everything or about it. Or understand wrong. them. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, like, like, hey, God hasn't called you to understand everything. Right. Uh-oh. Right. He's Come on. He's called you to be a team. Yeah. And we need to realize the team gets tested. And sometimes the way to pass the test is not to be right. Right. It's to grab oh, their hands. Yes. And say, I am with you. Yep. I'm fulfilling my vows. Mm-hmm. Though he slay me, I will trust the Lord. Yeah. I am fulfilling my vows. Now, of course, there's areas where, yes, Jesus gives two outs for why you might want to get a divorce. But beyond those, my friends, fulfill your vows. Yes. That's how you pass the mm-hmm. test. God's trying to grow all of us up, yep. not just one of us. That's number one. Fulfill your vows. Kenzie, what's number two? Number two is it's your job to meet your spouse's needs, not someone else. Be careful about too much distance. Mm -hmm. Be careful about too much time away from one another. My friends, married people are supposed to be together. Yeah. Genesis 2.24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one. Dude, they're supposed to be one. They're supposed to be together. And I think the time that we live in, people are just too comfortable with spouses being apart for too long. So there needs to be time to one another's love banks. And if we don't, the enemy will send somebody else to. So there's an incredible book by Willard Harley called His Needs, Her Needs. We take couples through this. It's so good. Um, It's really just an an incredible paradigm. They're not even really writing this. It's a Christian-ish perspective, but they're not necessarily Christians. But they're, they're writing, hey man, in order to avoid divorce, you need to fill your spouse's love banks. Mm-hmm. And they're there, whether you recognize them or not. They're things like affirmation, time together, protection, security, fun, you know, a clean environment, a peaceful house. And, mm-hmm. and some of them you might even be tempted to say, oh gosh, that's sexist or that's misogynistic. <laughs> it's not really defining who has to do what. It's just saying these are banks that your spouse has. They're, and they are. They're there. Yeah. You can't change them. Right. And you can't really fill only your banks and think that theirs are going to be filled. And right. when you don't fill them, we begin to have debts in those banks. Mm-hmm. You have a negative balance. Right. And so the enemy, that's his plan. He sends somebody else to fill those tanks because he's trying to split families apart. So the smartest right. thing we can do is be proactive about filling one another's banks. Your spouse, here's here's what it is. Dude, your spouse has needs that God assigned 
you. You. You've got to do it. So, and God expects you to do it. You know, it it sounds simple, but it's so true. These needs are going to be different than your needs. It's so easy for us to just attribute, well, of course they're going to need what I need. And so we just love them in the way that we receive love, but that's actually not filling their love tanks. And so we need to really study our spouse. We need to understand them. We need to understand what makes them tick, what builds them up, what they like, what they love, and then we need to fulfill it. What are some needs that I have that you don't necessarily have? I mean, I have some of them too, but you love peaceful environments. Yeah. So when the kids... It's got to be chill. So when you come home from work, if it's a madhouse at home, that is not filling your love banks. That's that's harder on me. Yeah. 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 Kenzie probably has a more pronounced need for quality time. Yeah. Now, I could resist that, and I probably did a little bit in the the beginning years. (laughs) I didn't intentionally. I just didn't get it. Right. But I've just learned, dude, if you don't fill that, and and we had this conversation the other day. I said, Kenzie, if if the enemy was going to send somebody to try to take your heart away from me, what Mm -hmm. would he do? And she said, he would come and he would try to fulfill my emotional needs yep. by listening, by affirming, yep. all those kinds of things. Yeah, listening yep. to her remote about stuff. Yeah. That's who the enemy would send. Understanding. Some dude who's going to pay attention. So helpful. Even though it sounds awkward, people are like, I can't believe you talk about that. It's so helpful because it immediately reminds me, and I already kind of knew that, but but it's it's a good reminder where the hole in the armor is. Yep. Like yep. the enemy knows it. Carter, it's your job to guard it. Yeah. So that means you make sure that you're doubling up on that. Yeah. And then of course, just watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out for other little decoys that the enemy would send. In other words, we have to have our eye a little bit on who are potential threats in our life. Right. We say who's on your radar. Yeah. Is there anybody that's making you a little bit jealous? Yeah. And and there's been multiple times I'm like, really? That person makes you jealous? <laughs> or whatever, and vice versa. And it doesn't really matter if I think they're a threat. If the other spouse thinks they're a threat, they're a threat. Hey, hey doorknob, get them, <laughs> get them out. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Distance yourself because mm-hmm. the team has got to be what it's all about. Yeah. Sometimes it's not people, it's projects mm-hmm. or priorities. So sometimes it's the kids in sports. Yeah. Sometimes it is the project that takes you out of town for too long. And it's not that you can't do all those things, but what happens is those things begin to become central, meaning everything is about that win. Right, right. And the spouse is beginning to feel neglected. Mm -hmm. And there's got to just, there's got to be a resistance to that. So, okay, we'll kill it in that direction for a little while. Yeah. For a minute, for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to come back together after that. And we're just going to even say it and declare it. That thing's not the center. We and Jesus are the center. Yeah. In this world that we live in, it seems like it's very kid-centered. Yeah. Very kid-centric. And honestly, I think it's a trap. We love our children. We are for them. We give to them. I mean, they are blessed, but they are not the point. They are not the point. Um, And so it's really important to make sure that you and your spouse are a team first and that with each other, you parent your kids, you make decisions. Yeah. It doesn't help anybody if your kids become an idol. Right. It just doesn't. And dude, they can be. They can. Jesus, he won't have any rivals. Mm -hmm. Jesus will sometimes oppose that. Or or like, oh no, what if they're not in everything? (laughs) Like... Dude, you're, you're, I'm just telling you, you're doing a disservice to your kids. You are. Because what they need is to see the strongest marriage they possibly can. Amen. And you need to be told no. And yes, you need to find things for them to express themselves and grow mm-hmm. and all that. Absolutely. But not everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be just an understanding in the home, mom and dad 
are the center of this thing and it'll actually make them happier kids. Yeah. Um, there was a time a few years ago when, and I know some of you are really good at this. Some of you, you can have people in your house. You love and it. You're just such a ministry of hospitality. We have a little different variation of that. We can have people over for dinner. Yeah. We do it all the time. We love you know, that we too. We want to like try to disciple people that way. Mm-hmm. We can't do the in-home discipleship though. No. And I know there's great pastors throughout the centuries. Their families have done that. Not us. So we tried that for, for a little while. <laughs> and, you know, we were trying to be an encouragement to yeah. this this person that you lived with us for a little while. And it, that started really good. And it felt Christian, like, hey, yeah. we're doing this. But the emotional needs of this person began to so take center stage of the yeah. house. Yeah. The guys for us and so robbed the peace. And so mm-hmm. it began to get us in conflict a little bit. Like, yep. okay, I'm trying to be Christian, but now it's taking away from my marriage in a way that's detrimental. And we just learned we can't do that. So even sometimes when it's a Christian thing, mm-hmm. dude, you've got to say, this is taxing my marriage too much. Yeah. If the marriage gets too weak, dude, what do you have? Right. Like it's not worth junk in your marriage. We just have to protect it from threats. It's our job to meet our spouse's needs. Not somebody else's. What does that mean? It means get back to your job. Yeah. Like that's yeah. your job. Mm-hmm. Go meet your spouse's needs. Yeah. What about after hard seasons, Kenzie? What have you found that's helpful for us to re-synchronize on stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. So after a, a push season or after a hard season, what we always try to do is get away together. Um, whether that's get away for a weekend in Lake Geneva or something where we can recharge and it's just about us. Yeah. Um, we push really hard and God is going to give you those seasons and take them, like take them, but yeah. then come back together and recharge together. Yeah. We think about them like, and maybe this is even medically right, but it's like an extra dose of antibiotics after a hard season. Right. We need more health than normal yeah. because we were just taxed. Yeah. And you know what there's time to do? It's time to pray and think again. Yes. And like dream again. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the most beneficial times of parts of our time to away together. It is. Is we're both very stirred up by vision yep. and by dreaming. Yep. And if if we go too long with with like, oh man, it's all work and no mm-hmm. dreaming, it's a lot of diminishing returns. We're, like, right. we're, we're just not... It's not going as well. Exactly. So we need to get yep. away and do that. And we even do that on a daily basis with our couch time. After dinner, we yep. come together for just 15 minutes. Yeah. But it's that reconnect every day that is so important. But again, it's it's all of it. You know, these are a little bit practical, but it's all an expression of this principle of, dude, be careful not to have too much distance. Yeah. Having yeah. too much distance is going to give you challenges you did not need. Mm-hmm. So, Kenzie, those are really good. Number one, fulfill your vows. Number two, it's your job to meet your spouse's needs, not someone else's. Mm -hmm. And then number three, what do we got? It is patiently seek God both personally and as a team. Personally and as a team. The vision is to synchronize with both Jesus and spouse. And while we're syncing with Jesus, we actually are syncing with spouse. Right. But you need both touch points. Mm-hmm. When you have a lot going on, dude, when you're when you're running here, there, and everywhere, you can just get a little bit off and this is important to this person and this mm-hmm. is important to this person. And the teamhood begins to disintegrate a little bit. And this is where, and people tell us about this, you become roommates. Right. You're doing oh. your thing mm-hmm. in, in your life. But it's more like the other person's life is just happening around your life. Right. You're not actually conquering life together. together. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's got to be. Look, I'm going to seek Jesus. Yeah. And then we're going to have times of seeking Jesus on a daily basis where we say, look, here's the things that are difficult, wrong, hard. Let's pray about them together so that we what? So that we synchronize mm-hmm. to G- both of us are seeking to Jesus. Yeah. And I think this is a big idea because spouses, you've got to be able to say to your spouse, Hey man, I'm for you. You don't want to do what you want to do, but what does God think about that? Yeah. 
I'm yeah. a little bit more entrepreneurial. So Kenzie has <laughs> probably saved my butt seven or eight times. Because I'm like, Kenzie, I think we should do this. And God's probably in it. <laughs> probably. You know? And she's like, well, you know, why don't we pray? Yeah. Let's see what, what God, God says. Say? <laughs> and then usually either, either I'll come around or she'll come around. Yeah. Or we'll meet somewhere in the middle of like, wow, we both think that's jacked up now, you know? <laughs> Or, or, or God says, tweak it a little bit right. or, or whatever. But married people, can we remember, God is supposed to be the leader. Yeah. Like, yes. Like it, this, thor- this cord of three strands, like yes. God is the center strand. Right. And, and so we don't get to just have our own lives that are mm-hmm. like, oh, I hope God's in it. Right. The power of a marriage is, dude, you get an extra helper in prayer to make sure mm-hmm. that you're going in the right direction. And then there's peace as you move forward. Yeah. Yep. You got to have peace, man. Yep. Instead of like, I'm vying for my thing and she right. won't get on board. Right. Everybody humble ourselves and yep. put everything on the table and say, whatever God wants, that's what we're going to do. And Amen. if my spouse isn't in agreement, many of you have heard this story. I was out one morning early on in marriage looking to a mentor. His name was Pete. I said, Pete, I, I just can't get Kenzie you know, to get on board <laughs> on this thing. And he said, bro, I don't know if I've ever met anyone stupid enough to do something like that without their wife. Mm-hmm. And it was such a like a defining moment for me. Because it, it affirmed in my heart forever since then of like, dude, if you have to do it without your spouse's approval, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. God brings mm-hmm. unity. You keep yes. praying until you guys are in unity. Yeah. God will speak. If yeah. it's his will, he will speak. And, and, may, and, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a patience thing. Yep. Let's all get patient mm-hmm. and be like, okay, if I need it to happen in the next 24 hours, that's also beware voices of haste. Yeah. That's also something's wrong. If you don't have time to pray with your spouse, dude, right. I'm not saying there's never circumstances where it's a great opportunity. You got to jump, but let's be very careful with that. Yep. You, you Absolutely. Know Even there, if you're going to jump there, there better be unity and agreement. Yeah. Well, Kenzie, we, I'm sure we could go a lot more rounds and talk about <laughs> a whole sure. lot more, but hey, again, what are they? Three helpful commitments in 20 years of marriage. They are number one, fulfill your vows. Number Number two, two, it's your job to meet your spouse's needs, not someone else. And number three, patiently seek God both personally and as a team. I don't know about you, but that was an excellent reminder for me. Stay tuned for another best of episode coming soon. And if you'd like to learn more about Pastor Carter's sabbatical and how you can be praying for him this summer, just head to fierce.church slash sabbatical. Thanks for listening.